Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Happy New Year and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a football podcast. My name's Will, I'm your co-host with the Co-Most, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Gray and Hodgie. Hello. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year indeed. We're saying this as if we've not spoken to each other since then. We have. New Year, new lockdown. Bit of a shit way to start the year, but hopefully we can uh, get some more vaccines out there and we can get over this little uh, this little pandemic. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's a football podcast, not a pandemic podcast. Since we last spoke, we have played Manchester City, lost 2-0. We've played Liverpool and ground out a really good 0-0 draw there. And then we've come crashing back down earth with our most recent result against Leicester, in which we lost 2-1 at home. What are our thoughts on the three performances over the festive period? Being interesting. I think the best performance out of the lot was definitely the Liverpool game for me. Um, yeah. We had a bit more fight. We took a little bit of that into the Leicester game. I think we got a little bit lucky against Liverpool, don't get me wrong. Darlow was an absolutely fantastic uh, fettle for the game, which definitely helped us out. Let's not talk about the Man City game, though. It was a <laughs> disastrous performance. It could have been worse. <laughs> Yeah, went out with a bit of a whimper against Man City, didn't we? Thankfully, that was a while ago. and We've tried to put that at the back of our minds. Gray, what what do you reckon? Judging from our predictions before Christmas, I don't think any of us were that optimistic. The Man City game played out the way we expected it to. We weren't good at all. I think Liverpool, we gave a much better showing of ourselves. And again, we were very fortunate, I think, to walk away with a nil-nil draw, thanks to Darlow, uh, Darlow's heroics. And Leicester, we showed some fight, but again, just lacked that quality. Nice to see Andy Carroll getting back on the score sheet. <laughs> a decade between his, <laughs> his goals for Newcastle. He really wanted it, though, when he came on. Like, he seemed to be absolutely chasing everything down and wanting to actually do something. Well, he obviously wants to try and play a bit more football, so mm. good on him for doing that. Well, yeah, it is good because in the past couple of times he's made a cameo appearance has been quite poor. It's been a bit of a letdown. I mean, you know what to expect from him. He's going to come on. He's going to cause a nuisance. He's going to get his head on everything. So he came on against Man City and didn't do very much. This time he's actually popped up and and bagged himself a goal. But we have a real, or we seem to have a real problem with scoring goals at the minute, which is annoying when you spend 80 million quid on, you know, a new attacking force. And we've got one goal to show from three performances. I can appreciate that, you know, it's against Man City, Liverpool and Leicester City, but they do (laughs) tend to leak 
goals. Man City especially, it's just a case of scoring more goals in the opposition. Um, so I'm quite disappointed with the attacking show at the minute. When you've got Callum Wilson up front, you really want to be giving him a bit of bit of service but I think we've talked this to death in the past really uh, I think I saw a stat on Twitter or, or something I can't remember what it was but us being right at the bottom of the table for through balls we just don't play through balls at all it's always over the top or try and work it into the box or it's almost as if sometimes we're scared to shoot as well I think there's just some real issues up front the result against Liverpool gave the pundits exactly what they wanted you know, just fed into their whole Stevie Bruce is a great manager. He'll keep Newcastle up. He's doing a great job. I don't know what the Newcastle fans are whinging about. That old shtick that we all hate. That's just fed into them. But poor attacking show on all those fields. I know it's kind of parked the bus against Liverpool. But I mean, we say it's a lot better than we we're expecting. We've got one point out of three games. We said we were going to get no points. So I guess it's, it is a slight improvement, but we're going to struggle now. We've got quite a tough run of games coming up. Uh, Gray, I think you had your hand up first. So I'll go to you now. You said that City are a team where they ship quite a few goals, but I would actually argue that I was fancying our chances more against Liverpool, solely down to the fact they had one centre-back player who hasn't started for them before uh, in Phillips. I can't remember his first name. Wilson put a huge amount of pressure on him and that just seemed to fizzle out whether Wilson got tired or what, I don't know, but I thought we had a really good opportunity there to exploit. Probably tired because um, he's, he's holding the whole weight of the team on his shoulders at the minute. Yeah, well, he absolutely is. And I think we actually stood a, a chance against Liverpool seeing their team uh, and yeah, to get to get a point, I think it was, was good. Uh, so another player I think we need to mention who's come in from from the cold is Yedlin. Mm. I think he he had some phenomenal games over the Christmas period, uh, and especially against Liverpool and Leicester. I thought he was phenomenal. He was one of the best players on the pitch. I think had it not been for Dollar and Shaw, he definitely would have been yeah our best player. Totally agree. Hodgie, did you have anything to add? Uh, I did, but I'll just go on the Yedlin thing. I think he's been doing quite well. I'll, I'll give a shout out to my uncle because he thinks he's an absolute pile of crap. Uh, <laughs> and he'll have a completely different thing to say about it. He was texting me during the Leicester game and he was just not happy. But I think you've got to take Yedlin with a, a pinch of salt. He's not the one that's going to outstand and for the whole season. But he did put in some really good shifts, I think, defensively. Um, mm. and pre- like, Especially with pressure against Liverpool. Did it for a bit as well uh, against Leicester, but it's it's his final product, which isn't the greatest, even though he did put a cracking ball against him. I was going to say, but... it was absolutely crack up. Hodgie messaged us just before the game saying, oh yeah, Yedlin's on the sheet. Yeah, good defensive work, right? Yeah, 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 but can't cross a ball for shit. Mm. And then he pops up with a, a couple of great crosses that we really should have been scoring from. So, so it's he's obviously turned the new commentary. leaf for the new year, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's been working on his crossing, yeah. But my main point <laughs> was going to be, um, I think, the thing with Wilson is like it's it's really good that he's scoring all these goals and however many appearances for us. He just needs his other strike partners to back him up. If if they if he can score a goal a game and they can get a goal a game, I mean the scoring two goals is probably going to win you most matches or at least get you a draw. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, it's just the the that little extra bit of strike force without him would be super super poor. And it's it's just that that's not getting the turn. I think there's a lot of other wrong points that we've already blabbed on about the tactics and stuff and about Bruce and blah, blah, blah. It's all that. But if if there's going to be a decent signing, I think we need a very solid defender in this year. And I think we need someone who is a proven striker as well, uh, who can actually yeah. buy a couple of goals. Because the midfield, once we have our strongest midfield, I would definitely say Shelby and Hayden playing in the middle. 
we, we don't really need to work on that too much once we've got them back. It's it's more the up front and actually putting balls into the back of the net. I think is um, yeah. taking someone instinctive as a striker and actually putting them away. No, I think you made some good points there. And it's interesting to touch on the transfer stuff because obviously we're now in January. The transfer market's open. I don't know. Stevie Bruce seems to be quite cagey about loan players. All the press seem to be talking about is loan players. So no no hint of a permanent transfer but I think defensive wise obviously we shipped two goals against Leicester but I don't think that was necessarily a fair reflection on the defensive unit I don't think they were that bad I think where we really really were exposed was that gap between defense and midfield yeah the two long staff boys seem to have lead in their boots I mean they're two of the slowest players I've ever seen honestly and they're two young lads as well who, who seem to be quite hungry, always were quite hungry. But them tracking back, it was Yuri Tielemans and it was uh, James Madison popped up with the goals. And if you look at some of the analysis, you'll see that where Tielemans and Madison found those gaps was that little area where Isaac Hayden would usually be prowling mm. and would usually, usually be looking to break up the play. So they're just kind of the defensive units keeping a good line. They're doing their job. But then there's this huge gulf that these two centre mids or attacking midfielders have just kind of strolled into, picked up the ball and just picked their spot. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're two good goals from from Leicester. But if we'd had a bit more of a combative, defensively minded midfielder in there with a bit of legs to him, like a Hayden, I know with the Isaac Hayden Appreciation Podcast, but he would have been perfect in that game. I just think it's a real shame that Hayden was suspended because that's the kind of game where he could have made a difference and you would have seen him make a difference. So... In terms of signings or what we need in signings, I think left back is probably maybe some more experience because Jamal Lewis coming in, that experiment hasn't really worked. I don't know if it's lack of experience. He's just not finding the form that he had at Norwich um, that kind of got Liverpool interested. So I think someone like a Jetro Willems coming back would really invigorate the club and the fan base, I think. But I don't know how realistic that is. Um, We just need a bit of depth at left back. Now that kind of Paul Dummett's on the periphery, but also moved into more of a central role. I think we need an energetic midfielder, central midfielder. So someone to come in and give it the legs that we were so desperately lacking against Leicester um, and just be a bit of an engine, box to box midfielder, bit of an engine, bit of a Mohamed Diame. I miss Diame, you know. I think when he went out, it was a bit like, oh, Diame's off. But you really see where he played well now that he's gone. And then, yeah, I think we do need another recognised striker up front, one that's not 32-year-old Andy Carroll and one that's not Joe Linton. I mean, Joe Linton put in another good shift against Leicester, but there wasn't really any attacking output. There was no real threat there. Great. Which areas do you think we should be strengthening in January if we do look to strengthen any area? Well, I think left-back is 100% a place we need to be strengthening. And I think to have someone like Willems come back, I think I think would be great not only for the team but also for the fans as well. Like you like you touched on, I think uh, mm-hmm. he was a he's a bit of a character and he seemed to have that affinity with the fans, which I think is really important at the minute. Although fans aren't necessarily in the stadium, and you might not be getting a feeling of of how the fans are necessarily feeling, apart from all the slagging off on Twitter, social media. Yeah. And all the rest, which all the pundits are are jumping on, I think to have someone like Williams back could bring that kind of that bit more energy, a bit more positivity to the yeah. club, which I think is desperately needed at the minute. Uh, but also right back, as much as we've praised Yedlin, like we said, his his end product 
just hasn't been good enough. And it's kind of ironic when he's been praised for being an attacking fullback, yet his defensive work has been his strongest uh, asset over the last, last few games. I think, yeah, we're seriously suspect at fullback. Yeah, I, th- I think you're totally right. But it's it's not an area that we should be looking to reinforce at right back. We have three recognised right backs in the squad currently. We shouldn't be in a situation where we need to do that. Is it bad scouting? Is it bad player management? Are they just not working for us? The Emil Kraft thing, although he was cheap, hasn't really worked. We'll have to ship some out before we can bring some in. 100%. But again, I think it's you, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head for me. I think our whole recruitment policy is wrong. I think, yes, we want to be a Premier League team, but we can't be bringing in players on the cheap like Kraft. Yes, he's a solid player and he he doesn't, he rarely puts a foot wrong. He's, he's, he is consistent in what he does, but he's unfortunately not quite good enough um, for a Premier League fullback. And I think until we start to spend a few more million per player, it's not, not talking tens of millions, you're talking probably two, three, five million per player, just for that little bit of extra quality, I don't think we're going to see any improvement. And even though we've got three recognised right backs, I don't think I don't feel any of them are, are necessarily good enough uh, for the Premier League. And not if we want to solidify our spot in in mid table, which I uh, I think is the club's desire. It's not to get any <laughs> higher than that. So. Well, Stevie Bruce has done a bit of a flip-flop, hasn't he? He's, he's turned around at the beginning of the season and said we want to be a mid-table club and, you know, that's where we should be and that's where we will be. And now he's talking about fighting relegation and, and avoiding the relegation zone. So he seems to be a, a defeated man. I don't know if the the pressure from the fan base is getting to him, but his mood seems to have dropped considerably. So I don't know if this is the beginning of the end. We can certainly hope so. I mean, I like him as a person, but not as a manager of my football club. Hodgie? Yeah, just on the Steve Bruce thing there, I think it's a real kind of telling thing. Like, I think you're starting to feel a little bit of all this pressure from the fans and, and everything else. Because I kind of feel bad for the guy because, yeah, he's a Newcastle kind of through and through, really, as a, as a, a childhood fan mm. to now. And he kind of wants the club kind of do well, but... You shouldn't really be putting yourself in that situation to fail, if that makes sense. Like, if never meet your heroes, if that makes sense. Yeah. He does. He does everything so mundane, and there's no desire behind it. And if you're gonna be running the football club that you were a childhood fan or what of whatever, Suppose, you need to go yeah. to you need to go to as full gusto, man. Like, you need to give it your all. But it just doesn't seem like he's given it. I think it's just a state of where the club is right now. We're obviously in a bit of limbo, being on the market for however many years. And it just needs somebody to come in for it. But I don't know if it's going to be better for us to go down to someone can get a cheap deal so then they can spend more and get us back up. Or is it better to stay in the Premier League and just be under this boring, monotonous scene? That's a huge sign of the times as well, that some fans are actually wanting, not wanting, but they're not too disappointed when Newcastle lose because it potentially means the end of Steve Bruce's tenure. I think that's a real, real sad but reflective. Well, it's a really sad reflection of the times at the minute. You know, you you think, all right, okay, maybe if we lose, the the club might look to get rid of him. Um, really strange place to be at the minute. I mean, you say he was a, a lifelong fan or whatever, but you know, I've seen videos of him back in Manchester United over Newcastle when the question's been put to him and things like that. Because obviously, is I think his main affiliation is with Manchester United, not with Newcastle United. Got to remember, he was also Sunderland manager. I think he just takes jobs where he can get them, really, and he's just lucked out with a Newcastle United job. Uh, Gray, you've got your hand raised. You're saying a lot of fans are calling for Bruce to get sacked, but 
for me, there's no one else out there who could do a better job than him, bar potentially Eddie Howe, but I don't think he'll come to the club. So, are you, I mean, I are think you, are you just being purposely controversial now? No, I, I just, well, a little bit. Who's going to come though? Newcastle has been a exactly. player for for years. I doubt we're going to get a manager from the continent because it's not Ashley's style. So it's it's who who is going to take a leap of faith. And as Frank De Boer is famously quoted saying, uh, awake for sleeping giants in Newcastle United. I think it was Frank De Boer mm. who said that, wasn't it? I think we're just in a, like Haji said, in limbo until either the Saudis get their deal, uh, depending on what happens with the, the arbitration of the Premier League in Newcastle are currently in, or we do find another buyer. Um, we're going to be stuck like this for, in, well, indefinitely. Because well, I was going to say, we can't just keep holding out for the Saudi deal to resurrect. I mean, there has to be a plan B or what What do we do? We can't just hold out for that. We've got to prepare for that situation. You can't just run it into the ground and hope that hope that something's going to happen or that another bidder is going to come along. We do, we're a football club and we're in the Premier League and we've got to, we've so, got to act accordingly. Yeah, that, that's a very valid point. And you, you do wonder what happened to all these proposed other buyers who are interested when the Saudi deal was uh, was close to being finalised. Uh, where, where have they gone? They seem to have gone very quiet at the minute. Mm. Um, so whether that was all just media hype or leaked some ashes to try and earn a, a few more quid out of the Saudis, who knows? But yeah, they, it's, it just seems strange that they've all gone crawling back into their, their quiet places. Yeah. Yeah. Hodgie? Um, I was just going to jump it back a point, actually, and talk about some... Um, managers that are actually in the same kind of position as kind of Bruce. The bottom seven clubs in the Premier League are all English managers. You've got mm. Sheffield United, West Brom, Fulham, Brighton, Burnley, us, and then Palace. Is that a sign of the times in terms of the the talent we've got coming through in managerial no terms? Yeah, well, basically that. And also, yeah. is that is that just? The old boys club trying to get in. I mean, you can't really say old boys club for like Graham Potter at um, Brighton, but I mean, Big Sam getting a job again. English there. managers, though, isn't it? There's a there's a specific club for English managers, and I think they all. I think you've you've touched on something really interesting there. They all are of a similar ilk and similar mould. Mm. Big Sam popping up, getting himself a job, but it's not going quite well, as well as his, big, other, his other projects Sam, have gone. Massively defensive. Sean Dyche, massively defensive. Steve Bruce, massively defensive. We talked to the Palace podcast and they said they don't have a clue what Hodgson does, but he just tries to sit back behind the ball and try and get yeah. try and get forward. It's Build out from defence. The only, the only thing that I don't... I, well, I think the, the complete top blew off um, with Chris Wilder and Sheffield United. Obviously, that's gone very south, but he's the only one down there. Maybe it's Graham Potter as well that don't really play that kind of football, but things yeah. are just working out for them, really. And it's, uh, it's it's a hard pill to swallow, being like, oh, we've got so much talent coming through in youth football. Yeah, but if we've got the manager like these trying to take them forward, it's not really going to be them. very good. Yeah. I mean, the only men- notable mention is probably Chelsea are ninth. Ah, the wheels have fallen off there, though, aren't they? For for big Frank Lampard, I mean, yeah. he spent two hundred million quid. He's done a bit of a Bruce on steroids. I think the wheels seem to be falling off a bit there. Uh, great. Did you did you have a point? I think you just need to look at who's working under these managers, and I think you take Wolves as a, a perfect example of something which is working really well. You've got a huge influx of Portuguese players due to a Portuguese manager coming in. So they've been brought up playing same style of football from a very young age. And it's just the nature of the Premier League at the minute. There's a huge number of foreign players in here who haven't necessarily been brought up playing the English way. So which is 
and that's one reason I feel foreign managers are a lot more successful than the English managers because the game has evolved. Um, and and to pick on Steve Bruce again, to sit back, hump the long ball forward to a big centre forward, just doesn't work anymore. There's tactics around that. Players know what to expect. And you look at the way Pep's got City playing there, they'll one twos, the the one touch football. It's it's exciting to watch. It's and same with Klopp and Liverpool. Obviously, picking on I'm picking on the two best teams in the league, possibly in Europe as well at the minute. But you watch them play football. Yeah, it's it's far more exciting and it's far more innovative than English football, the English style of play. Make yeah, the ball, make the ball do the work, and, and mm-hmm. they make they make it look so like you say a bit like more magical at some points. Like one one player has. A touch to receive, touch out his feet, plays it, and doesn't dwell on it. And they always try and make you move. And then if you don't, then move. That's when they exploit that gap, and they'll then jump another twenty yards up the field, and then they'll do it again and keep it around there. Then they'll do it again and get closer and closer to the goal. And they take chances when they get close to the goal. They'll try and do a through, through ball, chip through ball. They'll try and have a shot and get everyone get in on the spill. It's mm-hmm. it's so much more exciting to watch that football, and I really want that in Newcastle. But it's never going to happen. Uh, with, with, with the current system that we've got. One more a really interesting one. Sorry, Greg, just a, a quick one. You talk about these these managers and in, in implementing their style of football. I think shout out has to go to Ralph Hassenhutl mm-hmm. at Southampton. He seems to be playing a really, really, really very exciting and hardworking style of football. And I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he seems to have been building a bit of a project at Southampton. He wouldn't come because why would you drop down? But He's the type of manager that I would quite like to see at Newcastle. Young, innovative, prepared to take a risk. Sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't, but it's paying reward. It's paying dividends at the minute with them up in sixth place and just beating Liverpool 1-0. That's the type of person I'd like to see in charge at Newcastle. I mean, yeah, I think just to point out another manager who's playing really exciting football is uh, Bielsa at Leeds. Um, yeah. just And obviously he's got the reputation of being... Uh, one of the best managers, one of the best ever, managers in the world, it? and like even like likes of Guardiola and people look up to him. Um, just mm-hmm. but the style of football he plays and just the sheer relentlessness of his players. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I'd love to see a manager come in and just instill that belief into the players that you know what you're going to run flat out for ninety minutes. We're going to put in the hard yards off the training ground so we know you can run around for ninety minutes flat out, and we're just mm. going to we are going to bully the opposition into giving this the ball back in that well, six, seven seconds. Um, yeah, you can see you can see the effect it has because they fucking thumped us. You know, they, they absolutely... I mean, we, we had the upper hand, but they quickly turned it on its head and we come away losing 5-2 to a Bielsa team with a Bielsa performance. Bielsa ball versus Bruce, Bruce Alone. <laughs> and you can, see, you can see what's happened there. So I think that's a good point. But again, these are, I guess, unrealistic targets because why would they go to... Unless you know Ashley puts his hand in his pocket, that's not going to happen, is it? So um, you say it's unrealistic targets, but you're going to who, who's the Southampton manager again? Sorry, Hassan Hootle. Oh fucking hell! Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you say it's unrealistic, but you got obviously Hassan. I can't say his name. Hassan Hootle. Southampton's manager. I might as well say uh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, but yeah, so you got. The Hoff uh, doing an incredible job, and you say it's unrealistic for Newcastle to attract a manager like that. For me, I guess obviously we're we're biased, but I reckon if you ask the majority of fans 
around the country. Impartial fans. Impartial fans. You'd hope they'd place Newcastle as a, as a, I don't know what the word to say, a more prominent football club than Southampton. So why can't we attract a manager like that? Ooh, listen to Grace. Fluffle this. Uh, you've been well controversial this evening. Love it. Got to be more controversial on the podcast. Get a bit of attention. Uh, historically, <laughs> I think you'd probably look back and say, yeah. Uh, I mean, Southampton have had their cult figures like the Letiziers and, and players like that. But yeah, the history of the club, I guess, is probably what we're looking at and the brand and the, the recognisability. I think, yeah, if you were speaking to a random fan somewhere, they probably heard of Newcastle United, but maybe not so much Southampton. I'd, I'd, I'm kind of talking myself into us hiring Rolf Hasselhoff now, <laughs> Hassan Hurtle. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm building my hopes up a little bit here. But I think there are many, many coaches like him on the continent. I mean, I've talked about it before, but that Julian Nagelsmann, who I think is at RB Leipzig, is a similar kind of ilk and has followed a similar kind of path to, to Hassan Hurtle. And so that I think there are managers out there, but it's how ambitious Ashley wants to be, I guess. In the meantime, we might have to hire Joey Barton, who's uh, recently left his post at Fleetwood Town. (laughs) Um, There's actually, I mean, we laugh, but there's actually people on Twitter and on all over the place straightway being like, oh, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't mind having Joey Barton back at Newcastle. It's like, what are you, what? I think Shut there'd up. be one. Uh, I think there'd be one person who would mind having Jerry Barton back at Newcastle, and he's unfortunately the one who pulls the strings. So yeah, yeah, I'm not sure he left on the best of terms, did he? Um, although we stood by him when he went to prison. Um, I like him <laughs> again. I, I like him as a person, apart from all the violence and and all that shit. I think he's embroiled in another court case at the minute, but nah. I don't think the project necessarily works. I mean, Stevie G's gone off from the championship and got and you know working well at Rangers. I get it's too, it's just a step too far, isn't it? Really, like I mean, I can't believe I'm even giving it airtime. You talk about Frank Lampard taking a step up from Derby to Chelsea, Fleetwood Town to Newcastle. It's just not going to happen, and I don't want it to happen. But just thought it was quite it was worth a laugh. Talking about um, step ups, are we going to see a step up performance against uh, Arsenal in the FA Cup, or what's oh, going to happen there? Fucking hell, Arsenal on a hat-trick of wins. We always to... get Arsenal as well in the Cup. Always FA Cup, it's Arsenal every freaking year. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be going out of the FA Cup in the third round. That's fine. Uh, well, it means we can concentrate. Fall, yeah, well, well, I mean, that's what I mean. That'd be, it, just our luck that they turn things around or seemingly turn things around and get themselves in a good run of form just as they're playing us. Well, at least it'll give us more time to concentrate on surviving in the Premiership. Bit of a non-fixture for me. I don't know about you guys. I'm not bothered by it, to be honest. I think uh, we know what the outcome's going to probably be. And even if we get through this next round, we'll probably lose to someone like Southend because we'll play 10 at the back again. <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't really matter. I just, wanna, I just want to concentrate on the Premier League. It sounds like such a cliche, but it just it needs that. We that need to. Needs to yeah, we need to. The only downside is it'll be probably quite a good um, reflection of how our Premier League fixture is going to go against Arsenal. I think we play Arsenal in the Cup, Sheffield United next after Arsenal, and then is it Arsenal again? Then it's Arsenal again, and then it's Leeds. I mean, that's. I'm quite glad for Mikel Arteta's sake that they've kind of stuck with him, because I think... He's been quite radical in what he's done with that Arsenal team. Obviously, it's a Newcastle United podcast, but just ahead of the match, I think he's been quite inventive and quite. he's not been afraid to change things up. So he's brought in all these young kids and he's made a huge 
active change to change their fortune and it's working for them. So I think we'll probably end up getting smacked by them. I enjoyed seeing Arsenal down the bottom because I know quite a lot of Arsenal fans. It was quite funny <laughs> to uh, be like, ah, we're three points ahead of you and you're, you're 17th or whatever. <laughs> it was just good, good to have a bit of a one-upmanship on them for who's, once. Who's laughing now, though? Who's <laughs> yeah. laughing now? As they say, they always have the last laugh, don't they? Yeah, they do. Of course, yeah. They do. It's always exciting against Arsenal, obviously. Hard to forget that 4-4 result a few years ago. Check Tiote, boom, boom, shake, shake the room. Um, right, well, first podcast of the year. We seem to be back with a bang. Uh, same kind of miserable spirits. Great, love it. Hopes aren't high for Arsenal. Not that we really give a shit, but Gray, what's your predictions for the Arsenal game? We're going to win 2-1. Ooh. Oh, hello. Mm, okay, Hodgy, on to you. 4-0, tune. 4-0 to the tune. my dreams now, we're going to lose 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> Three nil. Okay, uh, I'm going to say two one to Arsenal. Oh god! No, I never, <laughs> I never bet against Newcastle, do I? I never. Oh no, I do. Uh, when well, you oh, have in the I'll last be, couple of games, yeah, I mean, I in the last few games, I have. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be two one Arsenal. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think that wraps up this episode quite nicely. We should be back recording fairly regularly now that we're into the new year and we're past all that Christmas shite. We should be back with our Sheffield United preview episode, so keep your eyes and ears peeled. But unless there's anything else, I think we'll probably bid you a fuck off, and we'll see you. <laughs> and we'll see so you friendly, in. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, it's that friendly Newcastle podcast that everyone talks about. Nat. Uh, anyway, that's it from us. Thanks very much for joining us, lads. And then we'll we'll see you in the next one. See you later. All right. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.